0: the adventure jogger a podcast about trail and ultra running meet fascinating runners from the front middle and back of the pack sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Adventure Jogger. Before we get into the guest on this episode, I'd like to invite all of you and remind you to join Jeff Stafford and myself, March 19th, Savage Golf Marathon. You're saying, it's only a marathon. I don't run marathons. It's a marathon that runs like a 50K, one of the most beautiful and brutal marathons. Uh, it's, It's a trail marathon. You're going to go through streams. You're going to go up mountains. You're going to have to hop from rock to rock to rock. Absolutely beautiful race that um, is actually got new uh, RD this year. John Harden, Hardwind Adventures. Great guy. Great race. Great course. Uh, go to ultrasignup.com and get signed up for the Savage Golf Marathon. That is March 19th. Uh, Jeff Stafford and I will be running it. And we hope to see you out there as well. Go check it out. Savage Golf Marathon, ultrasignup.com. Uh, fall is a great season for 100-mile races in the South. So many incredible 100-milers, and there seems to be new ones popping up all the time and a lot of great races out there. One that's kind of been on my radar for a while is the Cloud Splitter 100. It's in Virginia, runs through the heart of central Appalachia, over 24,000 feet of vertical gain so you know this is one of those ass kickers uh, of a hundred miler someone who towed the line and is wearing that shiny uh cloud spl- splitter buckle is a guy by the name of josh keck he joins me he's the guest on this episode of adventure jogger all the way from huntington west virginia josh welcome to the jogger how are you Doing great. Thanks for having me. So you are not only just a runner, you are kind of a, I, I, I don't use the word amateur as an insult, but you're kind of a, an amateur filmmaker as well in the in the trail running space, right?
1: I am attempting. Um, amateur is the perfect word for it. I have tried to get used to this idea of running with my GoPro. It's taken a lot of practice. Um there's a lot to it. I mean that's that's what I've learned and and it's like the guys who do this for a living or do this on YouTube and are churning out videos every week, every month and doing all these races. Yeah. I got a lot more respect for them now that I have tried this myself, <laughs> but it it is a lot. I I've mean, yeah,
0: I've tried the video aspect of it. And, and and I'm just an audio guy by profession and Dave Dillon of Chase the Summit, if you've not watched Chase the Summit, mm-hmm. uh, great videos Awesome guy. Dave is one of those just class acts of ultra running. I've even reached out to him. I'm like, well, I I think maybe we need to do some videos of the adventure jogger And, and, and Dave talks slowly you know, he 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 explains it to me like I'm like I'm five because I have no experience in the video department. But still, I'll I'll get off the phone with Dave and I'll be like, I don't even know what he just said.
1: <laughs> so, Dave's good though. He's he's great. I mean, I, I love watching his gear reviews. He's he's always doing different stuff. So
0: yeah, Stephen Kornhaus as well is doing some some great stuff mm-hmm. on the Beast Coast. I, I'm loving to see. I love to see those two guys. Their channel grow. And every, every month I see more and more people subscribing to their channels, and it makes me very happy uh, to see yeah. those guys doing really, really well. So, yeah, um, that is the GoPro. And then, too, you got to think about this, Josh. It, it changes the way you run because now you're running with this thing that's recording you all the time, and you're going, okay, uh, is any, is, am I getting anything useful right now?
1: Sure. I mean, not only that, you're trying to think about I'm running a hundred miles. Yeah. That's hard enough by itself. And then you have to think, okay, I'm running hundred miles with a half a pound of dead weight. That's not helping me run hundred miles. <laughs> right, it's right. there. And I just have to deal with it. Um, <laughs> But that's, that's the fun, and it, it, that's where it takes practice, because it takes practice to then remember throughout that 100-mile race when you're in the good times and the bad, okay, it's time to grab that thing out and use it every now and then. So I think by the time I was done, I think I had 100 clips for 100 miles, and yeah. it was perfect. Um, but it was just... The moments when I least wanted to use it is when I knew I had to. Because otherwise, what was the point of having this half a pound of extra weight? It felt like, you know, you run the Georgia Death Race, which I've not done, but I heard that the Georgia Death Race has this requirement that you have to have a half a pound railroad spike in your vest the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm ready for that. (laughs) (laughs) Sign Josh up. He's he's met the requirement. (laughs) Let me add it. so
0: just a little extra weight no big deal when did you decide to to start trying to make videos out of this deal
1: well i you know what i, I think i ran my first my first hundred last year was the rim to river 100 yeah. it was the inaugural year yeah and the whole reason i even got into running 100 miles to begin with was because i just loved watching youtube videos about it i loved watching people who had gone out there and done that and not only did well and finished and show, but also filmed it and showed the entire experience. Mm-hmm. And so I was a little bit inspired by that. Uh, I signed up for the Rim to River 100 because it was the, uh, the first West Virginia 100 mile trail race. Yeah. And it was the first year they were having it. And for me, that's just a point of pride. I wanted to be a part of that. Um, I was, I knew I would be fit enough if I trained, uh, you know, long Mm -hmm. enough. Um, I scoped it out long enough in advance to where I like, maybe I could pull this off. Yeah. Um, And at the same time, it being the inaugural race, I thought, well, this would be great to have a GoPro with me and film this experience Mm -hmm. and um, show it to everybody else because you know West Virginia has so much beauty and the New River area is one of the greatest tourist places of our state. Mm -hmm. And so really it started there. I wanted to document that as best as I could for other people to come and find and and, and view that. And it's just evolved since then. Um, That, you know, for... All year has been my, my biggest video, but now that I've done the cloud splitter video. Uh, which was ten times better in terms of quality, in terms of me actually filming and knowing what I was doing, and the editing and yeah. putting music and like, it's if you watch the two videos, one you've earned your own buckle because they're both very long, <laughs> but two you'll see the evolution of what's happened over the last year in my skill set as as I've practiced this. Um, you know, I've watched other people's race videos mm. where they'll be fifteen or twenty minutes long, and most of it is them driving there. <laughs> Or <laughs> their their recap after the race. Right. You know, I wanna see I wanna see the race. I wanna see the beauty of it. I wanna feel like I'm there with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, even, even some of Ryan Clayton's videos, I love his videos, but some of his earlier ones, you can look at those and see how he, he gave up filming. He just said, like, at mile 50, I gave up filming. I put my camera away. I knew it was survival time. It was right, time to right. take, take that out of the equation and just get to the finish line. And so that's always in the back of my mind as I'm carrying my GoPro along with me. It's like, is, this is dead weight. It's not helping me do this race. Right. It's something I want to do. It's something I want to practice with. And so that's that that's something that even if I'm going out for a twenty mile training run and I'm not even using the thing, I might still carry it with me just to get used to that feeling. Yeah, and have so it so it becomes natural.
0: Have it always there. Uh, Josh, before we get too far into our discussion, uh, your YouTube channel. Where can go pe- where can people can go watch your videos?
1: It's just my name, Josh Keck. Okay. So yeah, real simple.
0: Look, Josh, look up Josh Keck. And if there's more than one Josh Keck, look for the one with the trucker hat.
1: There you go <laughs> Which for the one with the, with the cloud splitter video where he's just hunched over in a lot of pain. And it looks like a, looks like a Halloween thumbnail black and white. Okay. It's not, it's not your normal fun, vibrant, colorful thumbnail. You
0: know what's interesting. And, and I love, I really love the, the, the way we, the way the world we live in right now, Josh, where through technology, there's so many options for, for people to create and share stories. Um, you know, podcasting was kind of the the, the tip of that and with video and especially cameras getting smaller and with editing software being something that you don't have to spend a fortune to get. I mean, there was a time when. If you wanted to do what you're doing now, your you know your ten thousand dollar camera that that weighs fifteen pounds, and your your you know your your ten grand in the licensing fees to to edit the video, where now yep. you know GoPro's making some very good uh, pieces of equipment, and other manufacturers as well. And then you buy a MacBook or or any laptop, and you get some pretty decent editing software. It's really cool that. This is, a, this is a, a, a new world we're living in where you don't have to be a professional. You don't have to have a polish to it. Um, you can have some real honest stories being shared. Now, I will say there is a space for both of them. I think uh, Jesse Kokatek does incredible videos. Yes, man, yeah. oh, he is the Billy Yang of the Beast Coast. What he puts out... A uh, month after month is absolutely brilliant, and I love it. I, it's so there's such an art to it, but the rawness to something that you're doing, uh, where it's like, oh crap, I'm at mile fifty and I'm miserable. I'm going to take yeah. you along in this experience. It's kind of it's kind of almost my preferred race report in a way now that you can kind of you you know reading about the the beauty of 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 the terrain is one thing but seeing it out there with you that's an entirely different thing and it's really pretty damn cool yeah
1: Yeah, i mean before cloud splitter started i read every race report i could Mm -hmm. there weren't that many videos there are a couple but they're not very thorough and the race reports were fantastic and they really tell the story about what you're getting yourself in for i mean my biggest takeaway was Oh crap, I need to buy trekking poles because everybody in these race reports is telling you, you know, you're dealing with rock gardens, you're mm-hmm. dealing with a lot of vertical climbing. If it rains, you're SOL if you don't have trekking poles. Yeah. So that was the first takeaway I had was okay, let's, let's buy these things. Um, but it was, you know, you you just don't get the same experience reading about something. And some people are just not good authors. You know, they're they're not gonna tell the full story of a hundred right. miles. Some of them are great. Oh, and there's it, some fantastic
0: them. people that are yeah. writing some and really the, incredible blogs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The people who can put humor into those, like, that's the stuff I love to read those. There's a guy who's local who does a fantastic job of that. I can't think of his name, but there's there's something to be said for just watching it happen in in real time almost yeah. with somebody as yeah. they're experiencing it.
0: Going you side by side the, with them, yeah.
1: Yeah, you can see the pain on their face. I, I just love seeing a grown man cry. <laughs> I, that's that's what gets me off. And so if I'm that guy, great. But I, I, I just love seeing somebody in so much pain because you know that's that moment that's what they paid their money for. That's why they signed up for this and put themselves through hell to get to that point in their, in their life. Yeah. And all their life decisions led them to being a grown man crying on the middle of a trail out in the middle of nowhere. Yep. And, and you're along for the ride and it's, it's great. <laughs> That's Josh's kink. He loves the videos of grown men cry. Love it. I want to see the pain. I want to see the real, the real pain. Not just the Jesse Kokatek is amazing. I right. love his yep. pictures. He was there at cloud splitter. Mm-hmm. He took hundreds of amazing pictures. He's going to be at rim to river in a week and a half. So I'm really excited to see what he does with that. Um, but, but it's just, there's something to be said for that other side of it, where you're just in the, in the pain cave with somebody, you're watching that level of emotion.
0: We can cherish the polished and we can cherish the raw. I think there's a space for, for both of those real quick, Josh, are you originally from West Virginia?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I grew up in Barbersville, West Virginia, and, uh, which is almost as East, Uh, of West Virginia as you can be without going into Kentucky and Ohio. Okay. So it's like you know, West Virginia. Everybody asks me, "Oh, you're in West Virginia. You must be used to all the mountains." Uh, not really, not really. Like the biggest mountain I have is maybe a third of a mile. So it's it's you know I have to train as if I'm you know just just as hard as anybody else. I don't have these great things right in my backyard. I have to drive two or three hours to get to uh, anything more than a mile climb, you know, so so to speak.
0: I've got the same thing. People assume that I'm from Tennessee. So they when people think of Tennessee, they think of the Great Smoky Mountains, uh, yeah. which I mean, you couldn't ask for anything better. I mean, Iowa's like going like, man, I wish we had that. I wish yeah. when people thought about that, they were like, okay, I want this in my life. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I'm in a very flat area of the state of Tennessee. So you know, I don't I have to drive a couple hours to to get mountains as well. Um, real quick check to see what part of of the south you're at. and if you kind of hit a certain line, how do you pronounce the A word? and i'm talking about the 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 name of the iconic trail that uh that oh, goes all appalachian? over yes okay so you are you are at you are you're in the appalachian spot because there's two ways yep. to say it appalachian and appalachian you are still in the appalachian region yes yes <laughs> do you get pissed <laughs> i don't when have pe-
1: that late lay <laughs> do you get upset when people say appalachian I, to each their own. <laughs> to each their own. It, it is what it is. I'm not so firmly in Appalachia that I need to correct people. I'm more in Ohio and Kentucky than I am in Appalachia. Right. So I'm like, I got no skin in this game. As long as you pronounce West Virginia correctly, right. I'm happy. Friend you know, of mine, as long as you don't forget that we're not Virginia. <laughs>
0: right. A friend of mine grew up in Virginia, like real rural Virginia. So much so that the holler he grew up in was named after his family. Um, oh, yeah. So they had their own holler, and when you have your own holler, you know you're that's country. And he yeah. gets very oh, yeah. upset when people say Appalachian. Like he's like, <laughs> it is not Appalachian. It is Appalachian. That is how that's you great. say it. So moving <laughs> forward, West Virginia, absolutely gorgeous state, and I'm excited that there's more stuff going on uh, in West Virginia because for a while there was a there was a, the the trio of races that they had there but really there wasn't a whole lot going on on the trail running scene in west virginia but with the the, you said the it's called the rim to river right
1: yeah so the rim to river was the first time they had it was last year and it's a hundred mile trail race through the new river gorge yeah which is now the new river gorge national park and preserve which is kind of this own big thing by itself um But, uh, yeah, they put it on, they start it at the ACE resort property. ACE is a big tourism, uh, company. They do rafting tours all throughout the new river, the Gully river. So one of the rafting guides, like the senior rafting guide, Bryant Baker is the guy who puts on this race. Mm -hmm. So he is, he's a trail runner himself. He's ran hundred miles. He's out there enjoying that area all the time. And so he's really familiar with it and he's been able to just recruit all these people from over the, from across the state Mm -hmm. to support this race and to come in and, and. Be there for the runners. And it's really it's it's a beautiful race. The entire area being there in the national park is just gorgeous. It's almost all on trail. There's very little that's on the road. Um, gorgeous views. you you cross the new river uh, twice. So it's a really nice race. Um, last year, we didn't think it was going to happen because of Covid, yeah, and it being the inaugural year of the race, right. We really thought, up until about a month ahead of time we didn't know we we i was actually hoping it wouldn't happen because i was so scared i was so nervous about it like i'd just finished a 50 mile race it was my first 50 mile yeah and at that point the, the realization had sunk in of what i was getting myself in for like i'm not a lifelong runner i would just been doing this i, I so I started running about two and a half years ago. Until that point, I was the guy on the couch playing way too much Rocket League. My <laughs> wife yelling at me all the time, like you need to get off the couch. <laughs> so I started running. I signed up for a marathon, and I I did that, and I did another one about a month later because I loved it. And then I just got to thinking, okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep going and yeah. keep pushing it. And so when that came up, and I, I signed up for it, and I I, I really didn't. No, I was so ignorant about it. I didn't know about all these hundred mile races that were happening. Yeah. I just knew that this one was happening close to me where I could have support and I could go and train on those trails. And it was the first one and I could film it and I could be like the Carrie Ward guy. So that was all like really motivating for me. Yeah. We, you know, so that's how that went and it was a great race. Um, but, uh, this is the second year they're having it and since since they don't have the same COVID restrictions, they've actually got more people running it this year. I think almost 250 people. Nice. So it's going to be a big size race and they're all going to start together this time instead of doing those waves. Right. So it should be a lot of fun. I'm not racing it, but I am going to help uh, do the course marshalling and sweep the course toward the end. I, I didn't think it would be smart to sign up for that after cloud splitter because that's too close together. They're about three weeks apart.
0: Yeah. Give, give yourself some space. Um, it says a lot when a first year race can see so much success that you get 250 people to run it the next year. A lot. Of, it takes races a long time uh, sometimes to build a, a decent following because people are like, ah, first year race. I don't want to get to the aid station at mile 75, and they're like, oh, we're out of water. We're out yeah. of water. We're yeah. out of food. Uh, but it seems yeah. like, like, like really uh, knowledgeable people Getting into the race directing scene and, and yeah, having they, those great They got first off races. on the right foot. Like yeah. the
1: first year, they had the captain at 200 people. Mm-hmm. And I know not 200 started, but 200 did register. They did have a wait list for the first year. Yeah. And that was kind of a big thing. Um, I know about 140 people finished, but the Facebook group that they put together was really nice because everybody got to talk to each other. Those of us who were close, who would actually be able to go out on those trails, we'd share our stravas so people could see what to expect yeah. and share pictures. And so there was a real community just focused around this one event. And um, that was really special. So a lot of local people end up running it. You know, from from West Virginia, who have never ran a hundred mile before. It was it was several people's first hundred, and that was kind of cool. So
0: it's so cool to see. And I'm sure people are like, yes, we've had trail running in West Virginia for a while, but it's starting to see seem now like West Virginia is putting itself on the trail running map, and you're kind of at uh, the the beginning of a really great future for West Virginia trail running.
1: Yeah, yeah. We have a lot of things happening, so I'm hoping that there's more races come up. Um, There's a clothing company, Roman Run Company, just had their their first race. Um, So it's, you know, a clothing company is now having races, which is awesome. Um, the, the Rim to River people are having more races than just Rim to River. They're going to have a 50K in February. They're going to have, I think, 100K at some point in a really remote area of the state that's never seen a race before. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, um, it's a lot happening. It's it's exciting. Very cool. So all
0: of that, can I give you a little bit of backstory there? And now let's talk about Cloud Splitter. This just seems gorgeous one of those like like we talked a couple weeks ago about the no business 100 which is in Tennessee and Kentucky and you just see the pictures and you're like my god i am in a very untouched area of wilderness uh there's not a whole lot of sounds of 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 technology and people around you are in the middle of nowhere and cloud splitter seems to be very similar you're in the yeah. middle of nowhere beautiful nowhere
1: Mm-hmm. the only time you feel like you're in any level of civilization is at the start and finish because you start and finish in the city of Norton in a warehouse in and in the expo center, as soon as you pass the first mile, you're in the woods and you're never coming out until the very end. And it is amazing. I mean, you, the first, the first thing you do is you climb up to the top of high knob mountain yeah. and high knob. I think the elevation is about 4,100 feet above sea level. It's the tallest mountain mountain in the immediate area and there's an observation tower at the top that you can see four states across all 360 degree yeah. views and it's and it's gorgeous uh the race doesn't actually take you to the tower you have to choose you want to do that or not uh we didn't only because the weather was not suffice like we we yeah. had clouds everywhere there wasn't you wouldn't be able to see anything right so on friday you know the day before it was beautiful so we went on friday just for fun but uh, during the race like you know, you can't, you couldn't see a whole lot, but as the day cleared up, it was, it was great. Um, but yeah, you, you first thing you do is you climb this mountain and you see a little bit of civilization when you get to a road, but that's, yeah. it's not like there's a town, there's no buildings, there's nothing else around. So you're just in the woods the entire time. And then it takes you down this, this Chief Bengi scout trail, Chief Benji. Yeah. Uh, I always say that wrong. It takes you down this scout trail that goes for about 15 miles the probably the most technical 15 miles trail that I have ran on outside of the actual Appalachian trail. Like it's just tons and tons of rocks and they're loose and they're slick and all, all along this trail. You're not really running along the ridge line of these mountains. you're down in the valley. you're down where the, they come together and form streams. yeah and so you are just constantly bouncing back over on top of these stream crossings. There's over 50 of them across the entire 100 mile and and I believe it. I will I will never doubt that um, they are just <laughs> numerous and because it was raining when we started that morning we started at eight and it rained until about 1 p.m maybe it wasn't a hard rain but it was enough that you know as you go down the mountain all that water is collecting into those streams and so you're crossing full streams for the most part and you're having to navigate that hoping that your feet don't get wet and it's just like that the entire way um and that section ends up getting you to Bark Camp Lake, which is which is actually really cool because they were having a wedding there when we got there. And so there's all this reception music <laughs> happening in the background, and you just think it's for you. Like, they're, <laughs> they're throwing a party for me. That's awesome. And then you get there, and there's all these people dressed up, and they're not dressed up with vests. You know, they're not the right, not right. The, as they're using the other kind of vest. And it's like, oh, that's cool. Um, Thought that was for me, but. It's, it's like, this is so a weird bad. aid station theme this is what's yeah, going yeah. on here <laughs> exactly like i'm sure they got some really interesting wedding pictures so they're going to have those forever
0: <laughs> right a bunch of sweaty <laughs> runners in the
1: background of all their pictures <laughs> yep. yep beautiful lake bunch of sweaty runners right <laughs> so but uh from there it's kind of interesting because you're at bark camp lake and then you have to do this one out and back section and it is awful just be there's no elevation to it i mean you're not going up or down it is just stream crossing after stream crossing creeks on creeks on creeks and it just slows you down so much so there was there was so much of this race that i was unprepared for in terms of how slow i was going to have to go not because of the elevation or or because it was raining but just because of the way the trail is the terrain and it was frustrating at times because you know i had my pace chart that i thought i'd easily be able to hit this top this target time on these segments and never never could hit those um not because i was out of breath or gasping for air but because going faster meant possibly hurting myself possibly falling and tripping and i'd already done that a couple of times early in the race and so i was like being extra cautious by the time i got to this section um but but cloud splitter is a different beast i really thought it was going to be more scenic in terms of you know the name yeah right yeah in the clouds you're going to see all these mountain vistas no no crowd splitter is a grind it is it is a It is just, yes, there's mountains. Yes, there's elevation. There's plenty of elevation. Don't get me wrong. But it is more technical than anything else. And it just never stops. And it just keeps on coming at you. Those technical races
0: are, you think they're a great idea. And at some point, you're just like, I just want, like, can someone get out a rake? Rake up all this stuff. (laughs) Can somebody put some mulch down? And it usually happens Mm -hmm. about halfway and you, you know you're you're getting the later miles and you're like oh again i can't even pick my feet off the ground you start falling a hell of a lot more
1: yeah yeah you have to be real careful so there was definitely a lot more walking at nighttime you know it it was almost easier to follow the trail in some places at nighttime because you've got these reflective things on the trees and, it, and as long as you can see the rocks in front of you and you plan on going kind of slow it's it's not so bad um it's a grind for sure but it's it wasn't too bad
0: You were talking about a pace chart early on. I've always been really impressed with the people that have those pace charts and don't throw them away after the first 25 miles.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I threw mine away after about the 40-mile point. I was on pace for 40 miles, and I was going smooth. But as soon as I saw what I had planned for myself after the 40 mile part, when we at 40 miles, you climb back up to the top of High Knob. So you're back up at High Knob and you have to go back down the Chief Benji Scout Trail again for not all the way, not as far as you went the first time, but all the way to Bark Camp Lake and then back. And so you'll be from mile 40 to mile 63. You'll be back on the Chief Benji Scout Trail. And I had just really overestimated my abilities when uh, when I built that patient chart <laughs> it was pretty obvious from from the moment I, s- I saw that at mile 40 it's like yep yeah, that's not happening you should give me an extra half an hour from here on everybody knew I mean, needs- that half an hour grew to an hour grew to an hour and a half
0: <laughs> that's some people we need to call that or uh, you know our running could just be called grossly overestimating our own abilities <laughs> <laughs> pretty much
1: <laughs> pretty much you know having had having had run a hundred mile f- before, at least once yeah. I, I thought I had it dialed in. I, I, I had addressed a lot of the issues that came up in my first hundred, you know, the nutrition was going great. I felt good. The energy was good, but I could not have prepared for just the level of pain on my feet because mm-hmm. of the technical nature of the trail. And because of how wet everything was and how your, you know, your feet are just soaked the whole time. And then the ankle started hurting and it's just all new set of problems. You know, all the old problems, those are fine. i fixed those. i would addressed those whole new set of problems. And so next time I do 100, hopefully I'll be that much more prepared.
0: Well, every time, I think every time you, you learn something new, whether it's about, you know, what your body can do at a certain point, what nutrition works for you, that sort of thing. I think you always learn something new. And if, you, and if you're able to dial it in and be perfect at it, would it be fun?
1: No, no, not at all they there that's what you get your money for i mean that's that's it's that level of pain that uncertainty of whether you're going to get to the finish line for me that's what gets me off like I, I like to be pushed and i want to feel as if it's not a guarantee like if i want a guarantee i'll go run a 5k or a 10k right a mile nothing's guaranteed
0: that's the truth okay now you throw in the added difficulty of okay i've committed to filming myself right. do this thing right um was there was there a moment at all during cloud splitter where you were like, This is a, first of all, signing up for this was stupid. Secondly, deciding to film this thing was ridiculous I'm, I'm 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 next time I see my crew, I'm getting rid of this camera
1: i I did get rid of my camera at one point in the race, but only cognizantly because it was nighttime, and I know that the GoPro camera sucks at nighttime. Yeah, so there was like from mile fifty two to sixty four I didn't hold on to it um, save myself a half a pound for 12 miles. Otherwise it was on my person and I was using it pretty frequently. And I really, because of how much I'd practiced with it, I mean, you go to my YouTube channel, you're not going to see that. I practiced with it. I didn't upload a lot of stuff, but I have tons and tons and tons of video that I just took on my training runs just for the sake of practicing it because I knew when I run this, I wanted to be, I wanted it to be second nature to me. Um, Rim to river did not go that way. Rim to river, it was a dead weight for a long time because the GoPro was not a good idea. And I was not prepared for that, but at cloud splitter, I was, I was committed. Um, it wasn't fun, you know, it wasn't fun, but I, there, there were moments where I was just like, I got to get the camera out. This is why I brought it. If I don't do it now, then I'll miss this moment or I'll miss this experience. And I will have forgotten about it. A couple of days later, and I want to remember this. It's not, it's not even so much about sharing it with people. Yeah, I like sharing myself crying on the Internet. That's great. <laughs> you can only do so much of that before you get a reputation. But right. I wanted it for myself. You know, I yeah. wanted to be able to watch it again myself. And so that's that was my motivation. I, I'm more selfish than anything. I, I wanted to see... This experience over and over again because it's such an amazing time. Like you you train all year for this. You know, I'm not doing a whole bunch of 100 miles. I'm just going to do one or two a year. So I want to remember it, and I want to have something to help me remember it, other than just the belt buckle. The belt buckle is great, but I want to I want to see it again. I want to experience it again. Yeah. So I had plenty of motivation to just hang on to that thing and keep using it, and hope for the best. And hope the battery didn't die, and and it worked out. Um, but it did take a lot of practice. It's not something that I think you you can just easily pull off. You should, if if it's something you're interested in doing, you should practice that. It's a lot. There, there's a lot more to running 100 miles and filming than you might think.
0: Right, because you, you have something additional to add to add to your mind all the time, like oh, I need to film this or I don't want to film this, but I have to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, spoiler alert, everybody. Josh did finish Cloud Splitter, um, mm-hmm. and, I, and and Josh, you are you are a definite middle of the packer, and I say that in oh, a, a yeah. loving way. 24, oh, uh, 24th yeah. overall,
1: thirty two hours finish, right? Thirty one Thir- hours and thirty four minutes.
0: I rounded up to the nearest hour, so thirty one yeah. hour finish. How long did you wait after the finish to start looking at those video clips that you took throughout the race?
1: I did not do anything that night other than drive home. My my wife drove me home. I was, you know, it, it was cold the entire time. We're mm-hmm. in the 50s and 40 degrees. At one point it's it's below 32 at the top of High Knob. That's in the video. I'm freezing cold. That's that's my lowest moment mm-hmm. when I think this is probably going to break me if anything is going to break me and um so i was freezing a lot of the race it was very cold the entire time and so we once we got into the car and made the way back home we only lived three hours away so it wasn't a long drive um I just put this gigantic blanket around me and tried to sleep. And then when I got home, that blanket did not leave me. Uh, And really the next day I wasn't, I wasn't able to move a whole lot. Like my ankle had been pretty, pretty banged up. So I had my wife like bring me my laptop so I could hopefully get some of this started, but I didn't start watching it until about 10 AM the next day. And, uh, It was, it was an experience rewatching it, even though, even though it was just, just happened, it just happened to me, but like seeing myself at the start line, all happy and smiling and laughing and now looking at myself (laughs) and curling up in a ball in this giant blanket and my ankles (laughs) swollen and my feet hurt very big contrast, um, wasn't quite ready for that so i got pretty emotional as i was watching all of that happen over again
0: was there a moment that you didn't remember filming that you saw
1: yeah there was a lot of moments i don't remember filming and and i think it's just because of how long that race is you kind of forget especially toward the beginning of the race you know you just forget what you saw you forget. You know, what, one of the things I like to do with the camera too is I like to point it away from my eyes. I like to use my eyes to view the trail and my camera to view the surrounding, the surroundings about me. Yeah. And so that's a really nice way to see the trail after the fact while you're focusing on the technical nature of it. And so there was a lot of sections where it was like, I don't remember seeing that area. I don't, I don't. I don't. That doesn't look familiar to me. Was that where we were? Um, but, but all the interactions that I had with people, especially the people at sea, you know, because we just play the accordion back and forth, we'd yeah. see each other, we'd pass each other. All those interactions with other runners was was really awesome. and I, I liked to be able to capture some of that. Um, I remembered all of that and I and I tried to look up how they did after the race. I didn't think that it would be appropriate to put that in the video because yeah. quite a few of them did DNF, but it was you know, it was fun to be able to see, how did they look at the beginning versus how they felt at the end and how did they do? How was what was their performance like? It was kind of interesting because in the early part of the video, I'm running with two people and at the end of the video, or not the well, not the end of the video, but at the end of the race, they finished immediately in front of me in pace in in the in the not in the numbers. Right. So I didn't see them the entire time except for when I filmed them. <laughs> Aside from that, I didn't see them at all. But they were just ahead of me the entire night, entire day. <laughs>
0: It's got to be cool too, to to take a look. So, because you're you're a changed person after you wow, finish yeah. a hundred miler, uh, whether it's your first one or your tenth one, something about that distance. I think in really any ultra distance race, a great race, will change you as a person. You're a different person mm-hmm. when you when you cross that finish line, seeing that person you were before. This person doesn't know what I know. First of all, the, the, I know that I'm going to finish. I'm going to get that buckle and I'm going to there are lessons along the way, but just to watch that that person and to kind of take yourself almost watching your it's like an out of body experience really.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it definitely can be. It's interesting that, that you put it that way. The more, more I think about it, like I, I'm probably my biggest fan while I'm watching this video. <laughs> like I, I, I'm not thinking about how did I feel at this moment? I'm watching somebody else. Yeah. And that just looks like me and doing this crazy thing. And it's like that that was me. But I don't feel that way when I watch it. And it's so cool. It's 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 a special thing. So I I would definitely recommend anybody who's never tried to to film themselves running a race. Just just try it and see what it's like, because I want to watch it. uh, And I'm sure that you will enjoy watching it after the fact, because it's it's really interesting to Mm. to see how you how you handle things. So, Do you use the the
0: pole? Is that the little pole thing that they give you for yeah, the GoPro? Yeah. It's
1: got a yeah. Usually on my training runs I actually have a much larger one that I'll take with me because it can expand quite a bit further. Yeah. But during this race, uh, I use the shorty. I think is what it's called. And okay. So the shorty is great because it actually can zip up in my vest pocket and then I can just pull it out whenever I need to, zip it back up when I don't. Um There were like a couple of cases where I hit the aid stations and at the aid stations, I tried something different that I hadn't really practiced, but I, I tried to go in with it zipped up in my vest. Yeah. And so you could see my hands. So both hands look, so it's kind of like a first person view. If you've ever watched the movie, Hardcore Henry, it's kind of like that. Yeah. um, Except less hardcore. Right. (laughs) That, that was kind of a fail and, and a success at the same time. Like it worked great in the first aid station at Hynob. As soon as I got to Edith Gap at the second aid station, my GoPro flipped out and it and I didn't hear it fall under onto the ground because it fell into this giant mud puddle. <laughs> so, a couple minutes later, I had to go back and start finding my GoPro and that was not fun. <laughs> you don't want bonus miles in 100 mile, but you really don't want them because you're just trying to film it. Right. That's you know you're you're doing yourself even more harm even more of a service. it's bad enough i'm taking this half a pound thing but then i just dropped it and now i have to go back for it uh. what
0: what i think is so cool about the the videos and how gopro is is really making it easy for people to to share their own stories uh, visually is the the technology now that they have that makes the pole disappear
1: oh yeah yeah T- that's something I'd like to try. The GoPro max angle, I think, does a really good job of that.
0: Yeah. There's going to be a whole bunch of videos in the future. People are going to go, my God, they had cameras floating above them. <laughs> Where'd that yeah, technology think- go to?
1: Yeah, I think the next evolution for me is like probably going to be a drone so that I can start to get those scenic shots. Now, if I take a drone to a 100-mile race, that's next level of commitment. And that is. You can expect my time is going to suffer as Quite a result. bit. Quite a bit. It's next level. I, but, uh, I,
0: I found a drone on the clearance. It's a little toy. It's not like a serious drone. Like uh, My buddy, Joby Williams, has a, this incredible drone that he can fly all over the place. It's got cameras. This doesn't have any cameras on it. This has got like five minutes of flight time. It's a little tiny drone, but it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. But seriously, you can't, do, you, you can't do that race at the same time. I can't even do it in the backyard without a crashing into the fence.
1: <laughs> I've never used a drone before, but I'm so excited to try one someday. I just think it'd be fun, especially okay. like, maybe not for a race, but for a training run or something like that. Or if I'm at somebody else's race, like I'm going right. to go to Rim to River in a week and a half, like that's why I want one.
0: That's what you get it for that reason, and then you get it for the opening and closing shots of your video. You know, yeah, like like yeah, that sounds good. Cloud splitter. You just kind of take a good video of of the overhead of the trail and that kind of stuff. That's what you use it for. But unless yeah. they have drones now, that will just follow you around and you won't even have to do anything. They just stay five feet they above do. you at all times. Do they have that they now? But,
1: I mean, it's not going to help you in the middle of the woods and no. cloud splitter, no. but no. if you're in a, if you're out West, you know, if you don't have any, if you're in a big open field, like sure, it'll follow you.
0: People are going to hate you. If you've got the follow you around drone and people <laughs> are trying to enjoy nature, and only here is, whee-
1: that's a good point. A good point. <laughs> yeah. I'll be getting a lot more dislikes on that video. <laughs> yeah, you're not
0: going to – yeah, it's not going to be your, your your best video overall. W- what are you looking to do in, in the future? You got big races coming up, um, big ideas with videos. What's the future hold for Yeah, I mean, Josh uh,
1: Rim to River's in a week and a half, so yep. I'm going to volunteer there. I'm going to hopefully film a little bit of that and just watch other people suffer. I'm pretty excited to see other people suffering for a change. Um, and then in March, uh, I'm going to do one of two things and I don't know which because one I'm on the wait list for, but Mm -hmm. in, in March, there's the Ohio backyard ultra, Uh, i'm on the wait list for that it sold out within i don't know 15 minutes it was insane that's the hottest new ultra
0: format is the backyard format
1: yeah yeah and what's interesting about that is i don't think anybody has filmed that from a first person raw perspective and i'd love to do that yeah i'd love to be able to go loop after loop after loop and film people's progression into madness and see how far I can push myself Mm -hmm. while also seeing how they are doing. And I think that would be such a cool format to film in. You can can start every two-minute video. Two-minute clip is going to be one lap and you can say what lap you're at in the text and show people and then you can just fast forward through all Mm -hmm. that pain and emotion and and that would be really interesting in a hundred mile like you're kind of you're kind of limited to yourself you know you can't just film everybody around you you unless you're going to be running a hundred mile with a group of people the entire time that's not happening but in a backyard ultra you can and that would be really interesting so my my coach is running and and a couple of close friends are running it um, my coach has actually won the Kentucky Last Soul Standing Backyard Ultra. He did about 150 miles there. So if I can get in this race with my coach, there'll be some friendly competition there. I'm kind of excited about that prospect. But right now I'm on the wait list. So if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Yeah. My beat. My alternative is uh, in Williamson, West Virginia, which is about two hours south of me here. They have this event called Conquer the Wall. and I've heard about that. Yeah yeah it's awful it's it's truly awful um i i did just a section of it last year and it's a two mile loop on a concrete or asphalt path trail and it just follows this flood wall i don't even know what the flood wall is protecting them from i guess there's a river there but it is just this two mile loop and you do it as many times as you can over 47 hours and that's a long time to be on concrete but i i one way or the other, I'm either going to run that or the backyard ultra, and I just want to push myself past that hundred mile point mm-hmm. and see what that's like. So beyond that, no idea. I got nothing planned. I'd, I'm, I'm open to suggestions on my next hundred mile race. Uh, no business looks gorgeous. I'd like to do that one. Massanutten looks gorgeous, um, but I just don't know. I'm looking open to open to hear from people and maybe group up with some other runners um, for some of those. I think my dad's tired of pacing me. <laughs> Help Josh's dad out for Pete's sake. He's yeah, tired. Of I know it. my wife's tired. I know she's tired. So, Josh, next next one might not
0: have any crew. <laughs> <laughs> we go solo on that one, Josh. Again, we talked earlier about. The really cool space that we're in right now is a society where everybody has an opportunity to share their story, uh, whether it's podcasting in an audio form or if it's uh, writing a blog. Carrie uh, Long's Hot Wing Runners, one of those great blogs. I want to name drop as many great uh, mm-hmm. content creators as we possibly can. You're, you're doing it now. You're on the raw side of, of the video. What is If someone wants to just give it a go... And it's like you know what i'm inspired by what josh was saying i'd like to show some people some races and just kind of give this a whirl what do people need to get like what's the the piece of gear that you'd have to have to do this and do it right
1: yeah i mean the least barrier to entry is just grab your phone and film with your phone Mm -hmm. you want to take it to the next level grab a good camera gopros are really not that expensive You get the shorty, you get a few extra batteries, you get a big SD card, you get the GoPro 10, and you can do quite a lot with that. I filmed the entire cloud splitter on a GoPro 10. So that's a great solution. Now, if you wanna take it even further, you're gonna want some kind of video editing software. Um, I think Final Cut is one of those that's either really cheap or it's free. And then Adobe Premiere is what a lot of professional companies will use. So I used Adobe Premiere because I have a subscription from work, it made my life easier. Um, but that's that's when you want to start cutting the thing, cutting the videos together, doing transitions, adding music, trying to get a little bit more creative with the, with the process. If you put it up on YouTube, you know, just make a good thumbnail. Beyond that, it's the barriers to entry are never uh, have never been lower.
0: And it's what probably what all said and done, six hundred bucks,
1: camera, yeah, probably, batteries. Yeah. This is... i, I spent about six hundred dollars on the gopro setup and all that so the the, the rest of the money you're going to spend is on your running equipment yeah you know, exactly that's, that's if you might already have that so yeah. if you already have that just buy yourself a camera um so people
0: have asked as far as podcasting because i know a lot of people are getting into it and i think it's great there's plenty of space there's plenty mm-hmm. as we got, we got a lot more space in the sport for content creators so don't be thinking for a second they're like oh there's enough podcasts yes there are enough podcasts but you know what if you have a unique voice and a unique idea, and and you think you can contribute something to the sport, just give it a go, and you can go as 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 as, as, uh, as as complex or as simple as you want. As far as that's concerned, as well, I I tried to get a nice little setup for for me, so I use a Zoom Live Track L8, which is going to run you about five hundred dollars. That's my. It's a mixer. It's a recorder all in one, so I can record and mix and all that stuff. Um, the microphones that I use, um, I use a Shure SM48 microphone, and they're about sixty bucks. Shure makes really good microphones, um, so that so I, all together, all the gear that I have is probably six seven hundred bucks um, for recording stuff. But yeah, I mean, you just do that, and I got a SoundCloud account and a GoDaddy page, and so yeah, I mean, you can really do a lot with a little. I think it's just kind of starting the small and oh, yeah. then building from there there's a lot cheaper options that you can use um w- when you want when you want to do podcasting um there's a lot of great products through zoom um the, the i think was the one called the h8 that i used before But anyway there's ways to do it where you can not have to spend a whole ton of money and, and still have a decent sound and audacity mm-hmm. is a great editing software that's free. You can get that and and, and uh, you know edit to your heart's content and play around with that. But please, more more content creators is a good thing. I like always like to see people trying new things, and and I saw your video. You posted it on the East Coast Trail and Ultra Runners Facebook page, which is a great page. If you, if you're not a mm-hmm. part of that, uh, Jason Green and some very nice other people run that page, and it's a very positive place, and you know good good people on that thing. So I saw your 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 little tease for your video on there,
1: and I'm like, oh, okay, I gotta talk to this Josh guy. He's something. He's yeah, got something were- to say. You were one of the first people to see it um, after that the race director reached out to me and she put it on the cloud spitter page and it uh, it just blew up from there so um, but yeah, thank kudos to you for being an early adopter. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Keck, you can check him
0: out on YouTube. Just look up Josh Keck, K-E-C-K is how Josh spells his last name. Josh, it was great meeting you and getting to chat with you, and I
1: hope to see you out in the trails in the future. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, and uh, let's let's do it again sometime.
0: I I've al- I've almost was inspired to to film my next race, but then I realized I'm not coordinated enough to even run a race. <laughs> Let alone <laughs> not with that attitude. <laughs> yeah, I'll call my YouTube channel. This guy falls a whole bunch of times. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> Anything for the views. Exactly. Josh Keck, <laughs> check him out on YouTube. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Theadventurejogger.com for back episodes and more. Thanks again, everybody. Really appreciate you listening.